Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Ms. Marvel. One Red Dagger. One Fortnightly Discussion of Comics and Culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 227. Deep breath. Deep breath. Uh, Eric, how you doing? Got a, got a stretch, yawn. It's good radio content. Yeah, everyone loves it. I'm well. Having good times. Having good times. Making myself a new website. It's not fun. It's really not. WordPress, like, I'm a fan of all the things that you can do with it, but it also just kind of hates your guts. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's too janky at this point. It, 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 it's like a skyscraper made out of Tinker Toys. It's, it's a lot. Hey, Ansemites. How you guys doing out there? We are discussing... Miss Marvel, appropriately, this week, it mm-hmm. turns out. Uh, volumes 1 through 9 by G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alfana, Takeshi Miyazawa, Nico Leone, Ian Herring. It's a lot of a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of comics, a lot of, a lot of people working on that book, but we're going to be talking about that later on in mm-hmm. our book club. Looking forward to that because it's a good comic book. But before that, we have some comic books that have uh, come out since our last episode, Eric. It's been a few. It's been a few. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about them. It's time for Flobby's Fortnightly. Flobby's Fortnightly is where Eric and I read a selection of well, this past month's books this time, and tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may be a mush meter that goes from one to five if we are feeling mushy about our feelings about the book. Our first book is Sarah, number one, which well, let me get this out of the way. Written by Garth Ennis, art Steve Epton, colors Elizabeth Brightweiser, letters Srob Steen. Uh, this book is available for free. This first issue, uh, for anyone listening, you can go to TKO TKO Publishing's website and download that first issue for free and try it out. Um, this is an interesting thing. Uh, this is just like a a flash announcement of a new publishing company with I think four they have four new books available as of this time of uh, we were recording they're releasing four more at a certain in the future i don't know when but uh among them pretty interesting some interesting creative teams uh this is ennis and epting which i think are well suited for each other and then there's also a uh, a lee meyer and uh gabriel hernandez volta book coming out which also looks really interesting but the this publishing company is Giving away the first issue for free in PDF form, uh, they're and they're selling the book. You can buy it. It's it's also like bingeable, meaning it's an entire series or first arc, I assume, available right away. So meaning, and you can buy that collected. You can buy all the issues individually in physical form, and that's in a like like a box set. And then mm-hmm. you can also buy all of it digitally, which is that's I think ideal honestly like hey here's all this of this this feels like a modern way to read comics rather yeah. than 
Yes. Whatever you like. Do you like collecting single issues? You Here is a way to do it. If you just want to buy a trade in physical format, here's the way you could do that. Do not do you just want digital comics. Here's that. And it's also mm-hmm. also uh why can't I think of the word? Ugh, my brain. Um words are hard. It's okay. Yeah, there's you don't can't blame you. Uh PDFs, there's no uh there's you don't uh there's no comicsology. You don't need to use a intervening program to read them. Um but we're we're Sarah, Eric. Mhm. What do you think? Um, certainly not a bad book. Uh, I'm, I'm not terribly grabbed by it with the exception of the fact that it's a Garth Ennis book and it's one of the least Garth Ennis books that I've read, which is, is, it's nice. It's good to see that he can write characters and women and it's not all tits and people getting their noses blown off and, and dicks exploding or whatever he does <laughs> um it's nice to see him like taking a reserved hand and not being like a fucking like parody of himself in 1998 um i enjoy this book i think that it, it is an interesting concept and I mean, feels rooted in things. Like, wasn't there a company of uh, Russian women snipers? Isn't that a thing that really happened? I have no idea. It feels rooted in uh, reality, and it's it's interesting. The setting is um, not a thing that you expect to see. You know, Russian women snipers in World War II fighting Nazis. It's it's cool. I yeah I well uh it's you know and is writing war stories he's mm-hmm. he writes decrepit filth and then he writes war stories and mm-hmm. that yeah having sometimes he does both sometimes both you're right um also dogs fighting dogs in a zombie apocalypse he also writes that occasionally it, uh, uh, that takes me back I'm a dog I'm a dog I'm a dog I'm a dog we still say that when we hear dogs barking. Yeah, I I it, it, I had forgotten the forgotten the book that it's referencing yeah. taking me back. Rover Red Charlie. I I mm-hmm. think this book is solid. Um I think I only I I think um I think Captain's art is very good. I think I'm not really, you know, for a character like the book's called Sarah. Mhm. I don't really know anything about Sarah other than she's good at shooting people in the head. Really? It's a war story. I think that that's kind of the way that <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's kind of the way that it goes. I feel like you're only going to be able to learn so much, and I think that this gets a lot of scene setting and mood setting. It. I think it is accomplishing a lot in the pages that it has. Um, I mean, I agree with you that I would like to know more about her, and I do kind of walk away feeling a little unsatisfied like it is not quite enough but i think that there's strength there and it is nice like let me jump to the back to this link that's inside the pdf here the find out more button Mm -hmm. i mean right the fuck now for twenty dollars i can get basically all of it 
and get the, this whole first arc of like no waiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get it digitally for fifteen. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, don't for even the, have to don't even have to wait for delivery. No, for, I mean, for the price of free, I wholeheartedly recommend this because that is what this mm-hmm. costs. So you can just go read it and see if it's for you. I think it's good. I I don't feel like I don't feel compelled to keep reading though. I don't. Yeah, I I, I struggle with that my own self. And that's the thing. Like, I, it's. I, do I would I go and spend fifteen dollars on this? You say I can, and I I'd like to support this TKO company because I appreciate this model of mm-hmm. this. Hey, here is a bunch of ways to get it. You get the entire first arc all at once. You get it by it, however format you want. It's your choice. Um, it does look very. I Epting Epting does a really good job on the art in this too. It looks really. It, nice. it is. It is very nice looking. I, uh, I mean, it's a it's a pleasure to look at and read. Him and uh, Elizabeth Brightweiser, they make a good team. Um, mm-hmm. That's going back to like days of him working with. Uh, I mean, I am struggling with names this morning. Um, that's okay, Captain America. I told you, you need to drink more coffee. Uh, I'm kind of staying off hard caffeine. Uh, Captain America. Guy, man, man, guy wrote Captain America and now writes television. <laughs> Why can't I think of it? Can't think of his damn name. I think maybe you need a bump of coke in the morning if you're off caffeine. I can't. I'm, regardless, I don't know who you mean. The art looks great. We've read it's multiple not, books. It's not Brubaker, is it? Yes, Ed Brubaker. Thank you, God. Okay. That's it. Ed I did Brubaker. not think I would know it before you did. You, you did. Ed Brubaker. Going back to those days, um, I'm. I, I think I'm a buy. I think I'm just gonna say I'm a buy. All my complicated feelings, I'm gonna push them, push them all, compact them down, compress them. I mm-hmm. say, hey, go go check. It's free, real honestly. Yeah, I I think that it's well worth that price, and I'm intrigued about it, and I, I might even check it out my own self, or you know for what it's worth mm-hmm. I, I i think this is a, a great model and i would like i would like more circumvention of diamond really anything that is bad for comics i think and i think diamond is not being smart and innovating and changing the way they do business they're literally becoming harmful to the comic industry and the more that it's upset the more millennials that kill it, the better. <laughs> it's a double buy on Sarah, number one. Our next book up is Die, number one. Written by Kieran Gillen, art Stephanie Hans, letters Clayton Cowles, uh, designer Ryan Hughes. Eric, mm. I cannot think of a comic book that is not more my shit than this comic book. <laughs> I'm really... So I would not have got that from this um why would you say that it is because i just get that it's I, i'm curious what the other the what what's drawing you in because it just seems like a group of people in this weird mystery story about them being trapped in a D world ostensibly for years they're all they're kind of traumatized by it and then at the end they fall back into it so what 
what about this? What am I missing that is really the hook for you? Because this feels exactly like the D&D cartoon, but dark. I mean, you're I think that's like the first level of it. It Mm -hmm. is that that you like think that is exactly kind of what it is. Um, And it's not like, you know, it's not it's not technically in D&D, but whatever. It's a RPG. I mean, what what the fuck else are you going to call it? It seems. Yeah, but but there is. um, Well, one, I tabletop RPGs are endlessly fascinating to me. And Kieran Gillen is another person who finds them very fascinating. Um, Kieran Gillen used to write for gaming. He wrote for Rock, Paper, Shotgun before mm-hmm. he was a comic book writer. And he's still like he runs. He still he still writes for he writes his own Warhammer blog at times, uh, which I find very fascinating, even though I never play Warhammer. Um, but he's the other thing is like I, I he has designed he has built the game that they play. Mm-hmm. in real life we so after this first first arc is over he is going to release the rules for the game that they are playing which then you can then play <sighs> everything you just said just exhausts me so much <laughs> i i realize it's that's I, that's yeah. what i imagine your reaction would be but yes there is layers of and that's the stuff that i find really fascinating like i like i'm not gonna say i don't i like that surface level i like the these the 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 it's like a simple hook i like you know people being dragged into a fantasy game world and the like these the weird the i i think i especially like the fact that it's not children that they are Mm -hmm. they're middle-aged adults now being brought back into that i think that's an extra layer of like because i think the stranger things and like, oh yeah, kids in the eighties D and D cartoon being dragged into a fantasy world thing has been kind of done enough. But now that I think that is an extra little bit of twist on it. Oh, these are the adults now. It's the modern day. They're being dragged in. They all have lives now, to certain extents. And now they're in this fantasy world again. They're brought back. But it's also there's level of kind of meta narrative and meta game design and th- that is not i frank frankly i i don't know if it helps the comic book for most people <laughs> i i definitely don't pick up on it but i mean like I, even like actively like if they know about it does it matter i to most mm-hmm. i don't know i it matters to me i like it a lot it's really interesting because it kind of colors in a lot of in between the line things, a lot of like subtle nuance things. I think I, I pick up on because I read, I literally like because I did just read a huge article about Kieran Gillen writing and designing this game on top of writing a comic book, um, and that's kind of why I love this a lot. But I think the story is like I think the art is beautiful. Um, I like the I, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how these it's like a weird thing where he is designing characters who then are building their own, who create their own characters. Mm. And then they're coming back to those characters 20 plus years later. And I don't know, it's really weird layers of meta narrative going on, which I am on board for. Um, I I like this comic book quite a bit. As soon as I heard that it was coming out, I was like, that sounds like a thing I'm going to like. 
everything I read about it coming up to it sounds like this sounds like a thing I'm gonna like. Turns out, hey, this is a thing I like. <laughs> I'm a buy. I think it's I think it's good. What do you think my feelings on this are? I think you think it looks nice. Uh, I think you think the story is a little bit trite. I think you think the writing is up to Kieran Gillen's standard, which is, you know, solid, at least. Um, you, I would think that you, if you read this, I think for a single issue, you're like, this is fine. You'd probably like it more if you read the trade. I'm basically what you said, but a little bit more negative. Okay. Because I... I, I mean, basically all the reasons that you like this, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I could never read any more of this and I'd be fine with it. The, all the layers that are on top of it don't interest me at all. I feel like they could have said every bit of that and just, just get to the end statements quicker but I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's trying to have that be the the cliffhanger. You know, if you go into the next issue, that they're finally in the world. You know, that he's trying to make that the big pop, the big reveal. It doesn't do it for me, you know, and it's it is largely because you thoroughly enjoy these things and I do not, and I think that that's. I think that's kind of, that's an important distinction. You know, I've done tabletop stuff. Um, like, I mean, as you know, my brother enjoys it tremendously. Oh my he might like this. <laughs> your, I your brother don't. doesn't have time to read comic books. He's too busy running uh, tabletop yes. events. He keeps doing more. Every He's time, crazy. Every time I look at the Instagram, it's like, now, Monday through Thursday... <laughs> he's he's a nutter i mean he's dumb. i don't i don't think he's 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 got minions now oh, that, yeah that's true uh, that 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 do them for him so he's not just constantly spending all of his time but it is growing and people are first step of the empire. wildly passionate about it and i you know my hat's off to him but i have been seeing a fuck ton of posts on it mm-hmm. so i mean bless his heart it's the first step of the empire Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, good for, good on him. Where where do you sit? Where do you sit? I I, I, you sit, I, I honestly I I just don't care enough. So like I I think that there is good. Like the book definitely like it's got some very good looking pages. And then when they finally get to the fantasy world, it is very nice. It is very beautiful and stylish and cool. And it's like oh. I've been waiting for this, this whole issue. Um, it's There's not a whole lot here to to grab me or hold my interest. It is another Kieran Gillen book that is sound and fundamentally okay. You know, not for me. I think it would be great if it were for me. There's not enough references to... 60s pop close uh close harmony girl groups in it though see the, the problem is eric this book is not going to have references to the the obscure pop bands it's going to have references to rpgs from 1992 that you've never played or ever even heard of yeah i'm not gonna that makes me want to throw it in the trash <laughs> makes i'm just all in give me more baby we're right in my veins gross <laughs> It's a do not buy, Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm not going to do that. Okay. It's a split decision on die number one. Next up is Killmonger number one, written by Brian Hill, art by Juan Ferreira, letters Joe Sabina. Uh, hey, you remember that Killmonger guy from that Black Panther movie? That dude that everyone liked so much. Everyone really liked him a lot. Um, he died at the end. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for a movie that's almost a year old. Um, and so, you know, Marvel, right on the top of things, 10 months later, yep, they release a comic book uh, starring Killmonger, which will is a... In between here, here here is the the prequel. Here is the Killmonger prequel. Here is the the the, the growth and the birth and the birth of Killmonger. I guess you could say. Um, I feel like this is missing something. Um, yeah, it's um, it's missing a good comic. <laughs> I wouldn't go. It, I it's not as it is not as bad as all that, but I don't like it. I, I just do not. No, it doesn't. I don't know why. I, I don't know if the, the, if either Brian Hill or Marvel understands why people like to kill longer. Mm-hmm. In Black Panther. And I, I'm going to say it was a lot of just Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, it was a lot. Really fantastically charismatic. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really reproduce well in a comic book. No, and I think I don't want. I don't want to see, oh, this is how, the 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 thing that interests me about Killmonger, the character, in that movie, is nothing to do with, oh, how did he get here? Mm-hmm. It's what, it's all his actions, it's everything that's happening. It is like, oh, it, what, he's, the, what he represents in that movie. It's the, uh, the Patton Oswalt bit. So now you can see... Darth Vader as a little kid. <laughs> I don't no, no, thank you. I don't want to pass. The cool thing about the cool thing about Killmonger is the fact that he is this he is the antagonist, but yet you still find yourself saying, like, actually he's kinda right about most of the yeah. stuff. He's he's right. Yeah. He's one hundred percent in the right for this. They 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 totally fucked him over and their their system is kinda not great. Uh and I would have I my thought would be why don't you just make him alive and have him do things that make him like an anti-hero like mm-hmm. I don't I I don't like there's parts of this book that I think that's fine like I don't think like this book is offensively bad but it misses it's offensively bland it is bland which at a certain point what's the difference like, I didn't need to see Killmonger and the Kingpin hanging out together. Like, I don't care about that. I don't care. Yeah, I know Kill. I The interesting thing about Killmonger is the man he is at the time of that movie. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Proto-Killmonger is nothing, really. I don't... I don't know. I, I think... I would be willing to be convinced... Right. ...that this is, this is an interesting thing that I need to see, but this ain't doing it. I don't... Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. Like this weird story with Misty Knight and stakes that don't I don't give a shit about, and him banging his guidance counselor for whatever odd reason. Yeah, I don't know why. And that... then calling her a colonizer. Okay, 
Yeah. I don't. Thanks for the beach, colonizer. <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't. It has nothing. And nothing in this is exciting the way that Killmonger in the movie is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the art is solid. I say that. Th- yeah. There's nothing. Certainly on that. In that world, there's nothing hugely bad or wrong about it i think it's got a lot of very attractive pages i like the way that misty knight is in particular handled um there's good in it but by and large i just you should sleep on it it's not worth your time really i I feel like i feel like almost everything except that first ta-nehisi coates black panther story was excellent or rather, you know, the how many trades were there? We read them all, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I think there's six. Yeah, I don't even remember. Um, that was all very good and worth your time, and everything else is like a a, a soft disaster. I don't you know. know I like very I, quietly I, forgettable. I don't know, black. I'm still waiting for the more Black Panther Star Wars. It might be good. I I I, I ain't into it. It's okay. You know, you Wakandan X wings. Mm-hmm. I could live without it, but this also don't need it in my life. No, it's I'm, not. I'm it's a, not fantastic. I'm a, I'm a do not buy and Killmonger number one. Likewise, double do not buy Killmonger number one. Next up, Silver Surfer: The Best Defense number one, written and drawn by Jason Latour with Clayton Cowles on letters. All I can think of when I'm reading this is like fucking Latour really knows how to make comics at this point. He's he's pretty dang good at it. Yeah, like, I am surprised, because certainly when he started writing comics, and even, even like, there are even some pages of um, Southern Bastards, which is still one of my all-time favorite comics, that, like, when I first looked at it, I'm like, this is weird looking, why did you draw it this way? And it's just like the older he gets, the more everything clicks in his style. Like it's getting weirder, but like just better and better. And the writing in this is very good. Like I am just really impressed on all fronts, you know, like Latour is it. He's it's an interesting take on Silver Surfer. It's fun and incorporates stuff from that we're familiar with from the MCU that we're familiar with from comics. The, his art style is an interesting take on this world. I mean, there's almost nothing bad to be said about this story. Like, I could not be more pleased with it. It's just it makes me so happy to read it. It's very good. Yeah, like I, I, it is. It is a. This is like those uh, the perfect examples of like why when I like when you when Marvel gives people gives creators enough time and lets them just do their th- thing. Yeah, they can make stuff that's amazing. Like because this is what like here it is a one shot over surfer story with. Jason Latour just doing his thing. And it's incredible. Mm. And 
it doesn't have it you know there it is the you know the best defense reuniting the defenders and stuff like but this the the, the fact all these issues are one shots that have nothing necessarily to do with one another so that it might as well just be a nothing like it's just a a single hey a single server surf, silver server issue with that's Jason Latour this is Jason Latour doing silver surfer and i don't know he he gets gets the the character voice really really well yeah the silver surfer is not not necessarily an easy character to write because it like he's like a dr manhattan he is like mm-hmm. a like a i don't know he's basically a god in the service of greater gods and it can easily just turn into a bunch of mushy shit that you don't care about you know mushy is in art inarticulate and not defined and unclear and yes just 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 fucking nonsense and this is interesting in that he balances the sort of weird aloofness of the surfer and he says things like power cosmic with like that big like uh, um, um, Stan Lee big dumbness you know, with all the, the fucking, like, the, the hugeness of the, the Stan Lee Kirby era. Mm-hmm. And, like, he balances it, and it, it feels like he's in that gritty, like, Latour, almost Latour, uh, um, Aaron kind of world. You know? And I, I love it for that. It's, it like, it foils really well. And, like... I don't know. Like the 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 writing is good and 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 subtle. And like when he says, you know, maybe you're seeing a reflection of yourself. Uh, like in my head, I just hear, oh, you know, I'm just like shit. Like I I just was so blown away at like like it's a little corny, but it's like a such a perfect like comic book line to lead up to that. I just liked it so much. It's, well, it's really, really, really good. Like, I mean, this is, I think, you know, him, this is, this reminds me a lot of Jason Aaron's Thor in that it mm-hmm. is like a balance between really like gritty, dark character stuff. And then huge epic space stuff that is at, at first glance, wouldn't, make sense together you're like why how does that like this weird you know jack kirby-esque huge space story with elder gods and whatever and then suddenly oh yeah it's like a western on this like dirt planet that is you know people trying to scrounge their way off of it but it they it works really well it's really it's a great comic i'd i'd recommend it to anyone honestly it's just like hey a single issue story this is what the best of those are basically um bye Mm. And and excited by this book makes me really really happy. So double buy Silver Surfer, the best defense number one. Next up is Miles Morales Spider Man number one, written by Saladin Ahmed, art Javier Garon, colors David Curiel, letters Corey Pettit. This book also brings me a lot of joy. Uh, Ahmed is really cementing himself as a a top rising star in Marvel. And I hope he has a, a long career of doing whatever the fuck he wants. 
this does feel like it's going to be like his thing is going to be take this big brute guy and reinvent him because I think that's exactly what we're going to get with the rhino in this. I mean, I'm I'm down for Miles Morales rhino team up. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I definitely don't hate it. Um, Spider-Man villains in general, I've just always enjoyed. They're like lame Batman villains. Yeah. They're, it's a it's a good, stupid, fun rogues gallery. And I I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Rhino get the Crusher Creel treatment. Ahmed's just good. And I I I I enjoy him. He's um this this sh- this should be an excellent book. I think he understands really well uh not even not just the characters, but kind of the sociocultural Mm-hmm. backgrounds that m- define the characters as much as you know that yeah oh, miles morales he's a smart smart kid and he's spider like it's like the surface level stuff i think a lot of writers can easily grapple with i think it is the 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 next layer or two layers down that really define a comic book not necessarily just the character and i think mm-hmm. ahmed has he understands that in every comic we've read, he understands that it is not just how I write this character that makes the voice of this comic. It is how I write the 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 atmosphere and how how he frames the narrative, how he structures the the mm-hmm. conflicts that define a, a character. In like you know the way he did it with Black Bolt, the way he's doing it in this book, it is. I think he he in his Quicksilver book also same way. Um, it, like you said, like he is shooting up the charts. Uh, uh, the book looks, looks really nice as well. Uh, I think I, I, I like the way, uh, Spider-Man's drawn in, you know, action sequences. I think it works. It's a very beautiful looking book. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I do feel like. Certainly in what we've read together, um, Miles has kind of not gotten his fair shake yet. He's always kind of on the auxiliary. I would like this to be a great high-profile book, and I kind of feel like, I don't know, Miles needs to be the Spider-Man of the 21st century. You know, I like, we all love Peter Parker, but like, I think he he, he should be like a 70-year-old man, but he's kind of coded as like a 40 year old man, but is 29 or something. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I think we just need to let the age of the the, things need to advance. Miles is a great character and it's worthy. You know, it, it, let's it. I I don't know. I I think we're going to have some good talks on this, but I just think that, Comics, I think, are more fundamentally interesting when they're like this and they're, uh, I mean, writing them about young people. You'll get me every time. Every, every time. Bye, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Lord, yes. Double bye. Lord, yes. Double bye, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number one. Next up is Martian Manhunter number one, written by Steve Orlando, art Riley Rosmo, colors Ivan Placentia, letters Darren Bennett. A 12 12 issue maxi series uh with uh, some some Steve Orlando for you. We've been kind of down on Mr. Orlando yeah. lately. Uh, what do you think about this one? 
this, I think more than anything, certainly this week, maybe in a while, I think I'm the most confused by it. Okay. And the most unsure of how I feel about it. Um, I think it looks good. I don't know that it's fun to read. Um, I don't know if I'm that compelled by either of these twin narratives that's going on. Um, the, the, you know, Martian Manhunter on earth as John Johns and then him as weird alien cop mm-hmm. also on Mars before the, the fucking cataclysm that killed everybody or whatever. And right. we're, we're kind of looking at this alien culture and everyone is like green flesh, gold flesh, white flesh. It's, I don't know, all this coded stuff. It's weird and kind of icky. And I don't know how I, f- I, I, it's not really, it, it's not hooking and exciting me. Um, I don't really feel too drawn to anything. Mostly, I kind of feel like I just exist in it for an issue. I get to enjoy the art. I don't feel terribly compelled to keep reading or keep going. And I don't know. Orlando is kind of, he's exhausted a lot of the goodwill that he he earned from me from doing um, uh, Midnighter and Apollo and the other Midnighter series, which I thought were incredible. Basically, he's someone that I thought was going to be one of my favorite writers, certainly for DC, and he's failed to come up with a hit. I thought this was going to be an opportunity for it, and it it feels just kind of, I don't know, not terrible, but I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by reasons to keep reading this, to pick up more. And I and, and I don't know. I say this with a lot of love for um, Martian Manhunter, but for some reason, this doesn't capitalize. I, I on my love of that character. I like it quite a bit. Tell me why. Um, one, the art is great. I like Riley. I like Riley Rosman for years now. Um, and he's. I'm going to say he's not my favorite, but it is interesting, and this book does look good, particularly. Um, like the layer of of color on top is doing a lot. Yeah, the, the it, it the, is it the, is it is nice. The interesting, it's really interesting seeing what colors are used where. Mm-hmm. I I think the book has a great range of yeah of colors as well because it goes from these pinks and these greens and then it goes to very the, like dark night right you know the the, the color muted. is doing a very good piece of the storytelling as a a good colorist should in comics. Um, but I mean, I would agree with you that yes, it's, it's very smart about that. And I, I have no idea where the, 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 the story is going with the, with the, either of the narratives. Like I don't necessarily have like, Oh, this book is about this. Mm -hmm. Um, which you could argue either way is that good or bad who knows um but i am interested i like i want to know what this book is going to do because i feel like it's set up a very interesting like martian manhunter is an interesting character because he's so unlike like 
the weird interweaving of things that makes him that makes that character what it is like oh yeah he is a shapeshifter but he is a fair to like but he's from this dead you know he the work his his civilization's gone mm-hmm. like it's a he come to earth and he's like adapted into earth by turning into a human shape and living that life and also being in like a, the justice league and whatever but this is like an interesting uh the you know that you talk about the parallel stories i think it's an interesting way to tell these tell a story about him before he came to earth and a story about him on earth and i think i have a better hold handle actually on the the story pro, on his martian the martian story i think than i do on the earth story because i have really no idea what hap- is going to happen in the earth story you know, he's investigating this murder and he's using his, you know, his abilities to, you know, help solve crimes. And then his partner is at the end, figures out and sees him in his Mar- Martian form and she freaks out. Um, but, you know, the Martian you're talking about, like, you know, they talk about white and green and yellow flesh and stuff and the those coded stuff uh, in mm-hmm. on Mars. I don't know. I I find it like I, I think it's kind of interesting seeing the. I, I the home life stuff is the thing that really grabs me on in the Martian story, the fact that he ha, is is leading. It's not just these. It's like two parallel stories, but in both of them, he is leading parallel lives. Mm-hmm. And that like this interesting double quadruple narrative thing going on because each each narrative is also telling two stories and like they're telling two versions of of. Manhunter, you know, in on Earth, he is both Martian Manhunter and he is John Johns. On Mars, he is the cop and he's the family man, but he is not both at any one time. They're they they're like these dual personalities, mm-hmm. and I think you that set up along with the idea, like, oh yeah, he's a shapeshifter, so it's kind of natural that he and like those little bits of of dialogue we get with the family about you know him. Like that, he has this the the typical manhunter form when he's out in public, but when he comes on home, he shifts into this kind of like 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 almost like cartoonish, silly alien looking kind of character. Like the way the way he looks at home is so kind of innocuous and like simple and looks almost like a like it reminds me of like Lilo and Stitch almost like it's a, that kind of like, Oh yeah. Mm. It's just like a cuddly, cuddlier alien kind of look. But when he's out in public, he's like this big, you know, the big hulking uh, cop who's beating, beating like money out of people. And I don't know where the story's going. I honestly don't. It reminds me of vision in a lot of ways because of just the otherworldliness of this character and the fact it's a 12 issue series and it's setting mm-hmm. up like you see the home life stuff. Um, I don't think this. I, I don't think it is going the same way as Vision is going. Um, I I really want to know what's going on. I don't. I don't know if I'm necessarily like really like hooked into John as a character. Like I don't necessarily like. Oh, I care about what's happening to him. But I do want to know what. Like I do want to know what's in this book. I really. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I feel like if I was. I feel like if the hook of the the now story mm-hmm. of him as a cop, I feel like if it was stronger, everything would click into place. That is mostly because, I mean, I think you're spot on and I just think it would work a lot better 
Like I'm not hooked by, Oh, the partner sees that he's an alien and there's some mystery that he's investigating. And, and like I, that I think everything works better if there's more hook there, if the case I think is like, I care about it more and I don't, I just don't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it falls way flatter than I'd like it to. Nothing, nothing feels high enough stakes in terms of that. Um, and it, I don't know. It feels like all the parts are there and it feels like it could be tremendous, but it just, for me, it's not quite getting to the finish line. I'm a buy straight up. Do I have to make a fart sound too? I mean, if you're just saying do not buy, you can just say do not buy. You don't have to make a fart sound. Um, I'm still struggling where I am on it. Um, maybe buy with uh, the five on the mush meter is the probably the safest for for where I'm at. Um, because I do think the book has value and is probably worth watching. But I really do just have some serious problems with it. It's a double buy a Marshmallow number one of a mush meter of 2.5. Our next book is Heroes in Crisis number three, written by Tom King, art by Clay Mann and Lee Weeks, colors Tomo Moro, Mori, excuse me, letters Clayton Cowles. So I, I, at this point, we're probably just going to read this entire thing as it comes out. Uh, I will say this. This is already better than Identity Crisis. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was that much of a... Uh... Of doubt in that? No. I, I did not have a doubt that that was going to be the case. It is not turning out to be terrible, terrible. I kind of feel like this didn't really move the ball forward that much. I think it's, it lacks the, I think issues one and two are very like narratively, like they're very driven because you yeah. have probably really because of the presence of the Trinity, because you have yeah. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman in both those books, and they're kind of driving the narrative forward. This book is more... It slows down and it lingers and goes back to these moments and mm -hmm. just sort of slowly strolls through all that stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's it's middle rising action bits. Right. You know, it's building some emotional stakes. I, I, I still like it a lot. Actually, I think this book... I think I'm kind of on I think I'm just on board with the series and why yeah. like, because because this stuff is doing it for me because it's not as like you know quote unquote easy to read like I feel like this book is mm -hmm. actually I think this book is stronger written because it doesn't have like oh here is Batman leading you through this story it is mm -hmm. here's Booster Gold and the Flash and these all these characters just going through shit and that's like ultimately more meaningful to me than Batman going, well, I don't know what happened or yeah, I, of course I knew about this thing. And like, it's just Batman doing being Batman. This is a little bit, these like, especially considering like most of these characters are the ones who died. And there is a, a little bit, I think that the, also I, I actually like the fact that the hook in this, like the, the cliffhanger in this book is just like, Oh yeah, there's villains at this place too. Like that's, and that's like, it doesn't, I think this is, I mean, you. I guess you could argue if that's better or not. The fact that it's not like 
spelled out to you. It's not like Batman going, yeah, we kept villains here. It is more like, yeah, the book starts off with three heroes and you, we, we follow them through this book and it just ends with like, oh, right, here's a bunch of like low level villains, you know, I guess. And they're also at this place. This place serves heroes and villains and are the villains there by their own free will or are they sentenced there? Because those last, the last, uh, that last page in the nine panels where they're like, it, at, at certain times it seems like, are these villains being sentenced to this? Or are they going, like the heroes go there, by, go this to this like trauma ward or whatever mm-hmm. by their own free will. Are the villains, I don't know. And I think that's like an interesting, like it's, it doesn't have, it doesn't have like that stomach gut punch, like boom, big cliffhanger thing. But I think, it's a little more subtle and I like, and that's why like this, this issue is subtle and I don't, I'm not going to call that bad. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's subtle and cemented. Like this is not identity crisis. Tom King is not Brad Meltzer. Brad Meltzer. Thank God. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this series. I'm on board. I like it a lot. I don't know that I do like it a lot, but, um, it does kind of relax me. I do feel a little less worried that I'm going to get to the end and the rug is going to get pulled out from under me and I'm going to be like, oh, surprise, it's shit after all. Um, I don't know. It's just it's that rising action, rising action issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've kind of said the A to Z on it. I'm not, I'm not as wild about the series. I'm probably a buy with maybe a one on it. Like that's just the thing is it just doesn't excite me. I don't really care what's going on, but I think it is honestly like it's better than the shit talkers would lead you to believe it's, it isn't, it is not a bad book. I think people just want to hate Tom King because the internet just loves negativity. So yeah, I think, I, I think that's where I'm at. Okay. Like a, uh, uh, a polite one on the mush meter is uh, about as as far negative as I can go on this. It's um, it is good, just not a whole lot happens by certainly by design. Sears and Crisis number three. It's a double buy with a mush meter of point five. Our last book of this week, Eric. I know you've been waiting for it. Uh, always. It's the Batman Who Laughs number one, mm-hmm. written by Scott Snyder, art by Jock. Colors by David Baroni. Letters Sal Cipriano. They really fucking love this character. I I think that what they like is the n- amount of comic books he sells. Mm. I think it really it really says something about the average comic book fan that the only thing they give a shit about is the Batman and Joker. So someone was like, what if the Batman was Joker? Boom. Mind exploded. <laughs> They're like, $100 billion. Oh, God. And Scott Snyder. I think he just wakes up every morning and hits himself in the head with a brick so he can write Batman stories. Fuck Jesus. This is, this is not... <laughs> that terrible if i'm being perfectly realistic about it um i do think that 
Scott Snyder needs to realize that he's fucking writing comic books and not movies and stop writing these things like movie action scenes. Oh, God. He fucking comes in and kills the guy with a scythe. But it's not even him. That's the other thing. That's not actually the Joker. It's a stand. That's I, I, I think that it's competently written. Yeah, it, it, but it, it, it is. It is full mm-hmm. of fake outs and uh, uh, twist. It's a twist. It's like the M Night Shyamalan well, kind of twist where you're like, that's but, that's. To think of uh, what is that? What was that fucking merman comic that he wrote the, with Sean Gordon Murphy? That's that the, was like that. It might as well have been called like ninety percent twists. The way like that fucking book met. Yeah, that book made no fucking sense. It really didn't. And that's just what the, that 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 is like. Such an honest reflection of what he thinks is good. Um. I don't know. I'm sure this is going to do perfectly fine and people are going to be blown away by it. But like, I don't need a, a, a Punisher version of Batman. I don't need a Joker version of Batman. I don't need him murdering fake Joker. Oh my God, oh my. And they literally even say in here, Batman always wins. And it just makes me want to fucking throw this in the garbage. I, yeah, it it is... If if you're a fan, if you like this, if you like Scott Snyder, Batman, you already own this book and you are calling us idiots. But if you're not one of those people, this does not change any of that. I, I think I mean, there's plenty of people that love Scott Snyder, but they can. I, I mean, basically, I think that that's like, I don't know if you're if your fucking philosophy is Batman always wins. And that is what this is built around. Like that's not what I want. I mean, that out is of what, a fucking Batman story. Well, I mean, that's all that is most Batman stories, though. Eric, I, I hate to break I, it to I, you. I understand that, but it doesn't. It's not fucking interesting. I mean, I think the last Batman story was. Um, oh shit! I can't think of that. Those the I think it was an artist, an artist that wrote it. Shit! Why can't I think of their names? It was Detective Comics. It it is Bushaletto, the Bushaletto, and um... there's no stakes when Batman always wins, and it's not to me fundamentally fundamentally interesting. Because what if Batman always wins? What if Batman fights Batman? Mm, No, that's (laughs) fucking dumb. I, it just makes me want to just projectile vomit all <laughs> over the place. I don't think I'm quite as negative on this book as you are. I, 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 I'm more mad at the scenario. The book itself is fine. I'm just, this is a sad state of comics to me that like, all the, I don't know, this could be good. And everyone's getting behind this character. It is painful to me. That like, I don't know. DC Comics should could be good. There's and plenty of good comics coming out of DC. Where? What? They're fine. Uh, I think I there were literally just two read two DC comics that I both I like I quite enjoy uh, Heroes in Crisis and Martian Manhunter. I liked both yeah, of them quite and, a bit. And how did I feel about them? Was I'm not I'm I, they're well that's maybe fine. Hey, I'm glad you enjoy them. Get good. <laughs> get good. <laughs> That does not apply to the situation. 
it's my favorite thing to say to people when it's just like, hey, it's your opinion, man. Uh, we'll get good. Punch you in the ass. <laughs> I don't think this comic is good, though. I think it's it's competent, but I think yeah. it relies on a lot of Scott Snyder things that we pointed out when we read his Batman run, uh, where, you know, in the middle of the book, it has the, hey, he killed the Joker, except he didn't kill the Joker. He just killed another dude. I'm like, well, what is the point of all that? Why is this in the book, then? Why, why do you include it? You could just say, oh, he killed the... Imp-. You don't have to show us that. You don't have to show us these things that ultimately don't matter. I don't... Yeah, and I don't care. The Batman Who Laughs is the most... It's, it is it is relying on... Like you were, you were saying. It is relying on so many tropes about how Batman is written and how the Joker is written. It, it feels like someone watched The Dark Knight and then they watched the Batman the anime series and then they read the best of the Joker and then they read some like theory on oh this is how Batman is written which is you know if you if you follow Tom King on Twitter he he's openly talked about oh yeah Batman always wins and he's talked about that in interviews and like this is how you write around that this is how you create stories with that and Grant Morrison did the same thing when he was writing Batman but and oftentimes the 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 kind of the key to writing Batman stories when you know Batman's going to win is you have to you you give him odds that are so incredible and then you find a way for him to get a way out of it and that way has to feel good it can't feel like oh yeah Batman always wins it has to feel like he earned it and it's a, it's a hard thing to do and it's harder today than it ever has been because we have access to all previous Batman stories that have ever happened and there's never been more Batman stories than right at this exact moment uh, Snyder in particular, nothing ever feels like Batman's earning it. I think it just it feels like he's just let me make it bigger and more badass. And yeah, I, put, I, I don't, I don't. There's no charm in this. There's no like. If this was campier, if it was a little bit more self-aware about how, like, hey, yeah, this is a goofy. Like I, but I, it takes itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And and the problem is, if it takes itself so seriously. It can't have that meta stuff in here. The meta stuff detracts from the seriousness of it. I can't take it seriously when you're openly talking about Batman always wins. And everything, everything that Snyder's written for Batman, it feels like he really wants it to be in a Christopher Nolan movie and and not a comic book. He just wants it to be in the Christopher Nolan Batman world. And this is and just I, I could I could. No, thanks. It's fine. I, I, it's I'm a do not buy. I don't like. I don't. This book does not justify itself. Mm. There are plenty of people that are God Almighty, the fucking gun that shoots backwards. <laughs> Get I'm it? I'm gonna man? pull a gun. Psych! I'm gonna shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Now you're the Joker. <laughs> God, I just want to. Jesus Christ! Yeah, there, there, there are folks that are just gonna love. Well, I and also it's a certain point where like you're like, how far can you stretch comic book logic where you say the Joker has Joker toxin in his heart that is somehow trans? How does it get trans? How does it make someone the Joker? I mean, I'm not going to throw out any okay. theories. Okay, I'm just saying I, I'm a do not buy this book. Is yeah, no, I, clearly no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think the trash can is too good for it. <laughs> it really isn't. It it hurts. When something is not badly written, 
but it's just so fundamentally just dumb and wrong and not what I want out of a comic. Like, it's hard for me to even look at this, at, you know, like the way that like if you were going to watch a fucking like Hallmark Christmas movie or something and you're going to judge it like it's supposed to be like held up next to the Godfather or something, you know, no, you you judge it based on what it is and what it's trying to be. Like, I, I don't even want to judge it off of that, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I would go back and reread something like Damage and be like, okay, this is trying to be this dumb 90s comic. And maybe this is too, but like, I just, I don't want it, you know? I don't, I don't think that's the thing. I don't think it's trying to go for a, a dumb 90s comic. I don't think this is not, this is not that, it's not that kind of book. This is, this is... This is a Scott Snyder comic. This is mm-hmm. Scott Snyder. This is what Scott Snyder's superhero comic It is him. In particular. It is peak Snyder for sure. It and is I, exactly like all of the the Batman run of his that we read. Did we write? Did we really read all of it? Yes, Fuck. we did. We did really read God all of it. Damn. <laughs> We're double new not buying the Batman of last number one. To be yeah. very clear. Um. That'll do it for floppies. This week we got a whole, we had a whole bunch of them because we were we were, mm-hmm. we were behind. Uh, but we can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is part show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to uh, during the intervening time since last episode, what we've done and seen and played and read, and anything we want to recommend or not recommend or what we want, whatever we want to talk about. If there's something in the news, perhaps we want to talk about, we could do that. Uh, Eric, what's going on? Not a whole lot. I was uh, in Europe for about a week and a half. I saw that. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, flying to Europe is not fun. I imagine. Being in Europe is pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you uh, kind of the high points here. Okay. Uh, of, of countries. Uh, Germany, A+. Plus, great country. Austria, A plus, great country. Uh, Hungary, like a C minus. Oh, poor Hungary. Yeah, they're they're not they're they're not. Forgive me, I'm punching my microphone. Um, they're 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 not an amazing country. They're, it's fine. I did not really care for Budapest that that much. Um, I will say, Hungarian food is fucking delicious. Um. But really, all all three of those countries, they share a lot of culinary what's it. I think Austria was probably my favorite. Like, we spent only about a day in Vienna, and I would I would go back to Austria right now. It's like everything you love about Germany, except it's, like, artsy-fartsier. Artsy. And it was amazing. We had a tour guide in Austria, and we went to a, a, a an actual abbey where monks made wine out of apricots and our tour guide was this six foot two jacked Austrian dude who, I mean, he's Austrian. He sounds like fucking Schwarzenegger and he's just, he's this huge muscle guy and it was great. I don't know. I'm going to, for some, I'm going to remember that guy's voice to my grave, but that was, that was a thing that happened toward down the, the Danube river uh, with my family I think a thing that was absolutely amazing to see was the uh the 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 Wacaw Valley which is 
kind of like an almost like a nature preserve. Like they won't let them even build bridges. But, you know, it's like right there on the cusp of winter when we were there in um, sort of mid-November. And um, everything is like icing up. And it's like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And we're cruising down this river. I don't know. It's like one of those things like, did you ever go out at night when you were in Montana? I mean, I was at a, outside at night in Montana. I just, I just, it's supposed, to, it's just one of those things that it's something about like big sky and mm-hmm. being surrounded by like just insanely natural beauty and you have it in like essentially 180 degrees in every direction and it you know i think the only thing i could compare it to that i have not experienced is like you go out to the west where there's no light pollution and you see the big sky you know what i'm saying yeah that it's it makes you feel like connected and also very small and that was the feeling of the, the 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 valley and i think that's a thing that i didn't take any pictures of it because nothing could capture it it was absolutely just insane how uh gorgeous it is it was like i don't know it was about 0 degrees outside it was fairly cold and it 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 just sort of added to the to the flavor of it i don't know if you guys ever get a chance maybe you should join us one year you and you and uh Kimbo I think you'd have a good time. You're just sitting on a boat and seeing interesting things and eating stuff. I think you'd I think you'd have a good time doing that. I do like eating things. I think I think you'd have a big old time. I got crowned the sausage champion. Well, that's that's I mean, you've been you all, I mean, you, we you, always you, knew I had it in me. I was going to say you've been my sausage champion since I've known you. That's that sounds a little filthy <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. A, oh, I'm no. gonna get you a belt. I'm gonna get you a, a sausage oh, champion the, yeah, belt. You get the the uh, that company that makes uh, wrestling belts. There's way more than just one of them. Oh, I, I I I feel like I keep seeing the one advertising though, but I can't imagine that there's. I mean, I, probably every like trophy shop would make it for you. It's not like it's even that rare a thing. There, yeah, they, they, it's just. It is not a good ones are not cheap. The the a nice yeah nice ones are are you know your custom making big metal mm-hmm. pieces. But, you know, it would just have a giant wiener on the on the front and say sausage champion. You I, you know I have a giant wiener on the front. Mm-hmm. Hence the sausage champion. That's I assume right. that's I assume that's how you won the title in in Germany or wherever. It was it was not really a it was not it's 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 honorific i think oh it's not, you know. you're breaking my heart i don't i'm gonna tell you a thing that i know about myself now is i don't need to i don't need to prove that i can eat a lot to people that is a thing that happens on accident more times than <laughs> more often than not oops accidentally uh, ate until i'm sick yeah yeah uh, that is a thing that needs to happen less um any other but, highlights yeah. Um, I can recommend a show to you. Sure. Or do you want to, more highlights of the trip? Show, show works. I mean, I, I, I did see um, at the Belvedere Museum um, the famous 
saw several famous uh, and important paintings, but the one that everyone would know is the Gustav Klimt, The Kiss. Uh, they had a, a pretty impressive collection of some of the best works of Gustav Klimt. I also saw an Egon, an Egon Schiele uh, exhibit in the same museum, which is on like three different campuses. It's weird. It's my favorite Ghostbusters character. Good. Yeah. I don't think that it's the the same person. You're, you're a special guy. Do you want to hear about a, t- a television show that's on Netflix? I like television shows that are on Netflix. It's um our our old friend uh, Tracy Morgan. He's he's back out of rehab and doing a show about being a uh, an ex con, and it's very funny. I I enjoy him a lot in it. It's called The Last OG. Have you heard anything about it? I have not. So apparently it was produced for TV at TBS and was released there. And now it's on Netflix and you can just watch all of it. And um, he's um, he plays a guy who was a drug dealer in like 2003 or something. He was a crack dealer and he gets arrested, goes to prison for 15 years, gets out, comes back to Brooklyn. And it is obviously what we think of Brooklyn today and a, a gentrified, very like people are getting brunch and saying yes queen to each other and he's very confused by it all and he's trying to reintegrate into society and he's just very charming and it starts to have a kind of narrative shape and you think it's going to go a certain way and i really like how it ended um it was good it was a a very good story and i would uh, i would recommend checking it out I like a lot of what they did in it. It's not a masterpiece by any, you know, by by any um, anyone's standard, but it is nice to see uh, Tracy like you know fronting his own show, and he's tremendously funny in it. I think he's a person that could stand to do more things. I haven't seen him really do much other than um, I mean, he was busy a million years ago. He was busy not dying in a car accident. Yes, and he seems that is a that is a thing that is encouraging is that he seems perfectly healthy. Yeah. Um I finished a rough draft of a book mm-hmm. in the intervening time. You finished you won. I won uh, I won NaNoWriMo and I finished the book this month. I did not finish the book in the NaNoWriMo, but I did get 50,000 words. Finished it, finished the the first draft of it that's going to go sit congratulations in, thank you i'm going to go sit in a it's going to sit in a drawer for a month or two while I that's work. that that that's probably good mm-hmm. no i'll go back gotta to let, it gotta let it percolate a little bit mm-hmm. enough time for me to forget everything about it so when i go back and read it i go what the fuck was i thinking that is the way that things go mm-hmm. um i've been playing a lot of magic the gathering arena that is also that's good good for you i it's I know I know the meta now, Eric. I know the meta of magic, the current meta of Magic: The Gathering. I don't know if that's good or not. Mm-hmm. 
I knew I know like yeah, it's the the best current decks. I know all of that stuff now. I'm I'm in on magic. That's what Arena has done to me. Um there was a recent update to Arena and then people and they lower the rewards for one of the game modes and I had to subs- unsubscribe from the subreddit because my god, people are so entitled for a game that is free. It is literally a free game. It costs nothing to play. They change the reward structure for one game mode. It gives you less things. And people... <laughs> I'm never going to buy them. I'm never playing this game again. Come on. It's free. It's a free game. Mm-hmm. You're not... I think, I, think, I think we need to start charging more for the internet to keep the shit bags off of it. I, I, I can't. I had to stop. Like, I was really enjoying following the subreddit and like, hey, this is a new Dex today and this is what people are trying and this is a funny meme. And then it's just instantly all complaining. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know. Am I an old man now where I go, why? What's wrong no, with the you internet children? Is, the internet, the internet, it's not children because you can easily be a 45 year old asshole like i i'm here to tell you there are plenty of them i i know um, i just it makes me think that they're children because that's what children do they complain they are they are um yeah no they're they're just there's too much fucking negativity they give you I, they handed someone a five dollar bill and then the next time they only gave them a dollar bill and now they're going oh but what happened to my five dollars you don't you don't earn you didn't do anything to earn it. You played a video game. You played a card game. Why mm-hmm. are Okay. Uh just it's been on it's been getting my uh getting my gristle lately. Um I just started a new game that just came out called Below. It's been in development for like seven years or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um I'm enjoying it so far. I don't think you'd like it. There's a, a lot of that. But I mean, I like this is not me going like maybe you'd like it. No, this is like uh, is, it, is it blow or below 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 like B-E-L-O-W below. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very it's like an atmospheric dungeon crawler. OK, atmospheric. Ro- See, that sounds like a thing that I would like. Atmospheric roguelike dungeon crawler. That word does tend to poison things for me. Um, I mean, it's not really, it's not like super roguelike in a lot of ways. Like, you are, but you're like, literally, you start off on a beach next to some cliffs. You go investigate the cliffs. You find the entrance to a dungeon. The music is really like synth wave and heavy bass, uh, you know, electronic bass noises, which I'm all for. The soundtrack's great. Um, it's really moody. It's really atmospheric. It's like it plays like like the first Zelda game. It plays like early mm-hmm. like like you know JRPG Zeldas play like Link to the Past or whatever. You're like running around with this little character and you're swinging your sword. And you have a shield and you there's crafting in it. Um, there is a hunger mechanic, hunger and thirst and temperature. Although I haven't really, I've run into so much food, I can't imagine it being a problem. Um, but you're it's all like you you go to camp. You like fires, you know, to keep yourself warm occasionally. Like, I've run in... I've only played for, like, two hours, so it's not... You know, I haven't seen a lot of the game. But it does not... also does not surface anything. You are just trying things and seeing what happens. There is no tutorial. There is not even button prompts, really, aside from, like, hey, you're next to a thing. Hit A and you pick it up. Um, It doesn't teach you anything. You're just exploring the world 
and finding like and you're going down you're going like every like you're just going down down below that's literally what you're doing you're just going deeper and deeper 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 down and i'm it's the kind of the exploration that's really got me hooked the mood and the exploration i love exploring in games it's like my favorite thing and i if you die in the game you don't lose everything you just have to go back to your body and then you get it all back um you just pick up the knapsack you had or whatever um it 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 wants you to play it slow it wants you to take your time and i i, I wasn't sure and i'm still not sure if I, in the end i'm going to like like this game a lot but i'm on board now i'm curious to see what it does it's like that kind of game where i'm like this is interesting like they made these decisions and the fact that it's been in development for like 5 6 years i'm curious it's like 22 dollars on steam right now it's on just came out um having fun with it so far getting given more time really also watch the haunting of hill house on netflix uh it's good i'd recommend it i'll have a podcast out about it on serofanasis next week who are you watching it with andrew okay the andrew blog.net mm-hmm. give him a free plug um that's a that's a good show long and short of it if you it's it's not even like it's a horror show but it's really like the horror parts are more about like family and trauma than they are about like oh it's a spooky ghost it has it has its problems but it's it, it i think it it uh justifies itself but do you want to talk about spider-man because uh, that's a thing that's coming out oh the movie yeah we need to talk about that i think uh i'm gonna see it at next, some point next recording yeah. yeah i'm gonna see it i'm gonna try to i've heard like everyone yeah. everyone on earth is saying it's the best comic book movie that's ever been made so i should probably go see it I think that it's a good. There's good Spider-Man content out now. It's a Wonderland. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. I kind of want to buy a PS4. Oh my god, that game just, is so just good for that game. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm very jealous that you're getting to play it. It's really good. Um, I but I'm mostly honestly just been writing. I've been working. No, I I that's I'm 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 proud of you. It is a hard thing to sit on your ass and make yourself work it's yeah it's it's the hardest i've ever worked on anything mm -hmm. um i think that's it we can let's talk about miss marvel eric how about that let's do it let's do it we can move on to our final segment it's time for nerbo book club nerbo book club is the part of show where eric and i talk about uh, a longer collected work that we uh, assign discuss it in depth it, this 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 episode we are discussing Miss Marvel volumes one through nine everything that is available that is collected uh, by G Willow Wilson Adrian Alfana Takashi Miyazawa Nick Leone Ian Herring there's a bunch of other people who are doing issues here and there but those are I think are the big heavy hitters um it's I I we did not know this we decided this a month ago when we decided we were going to read this but just what two days ago now was it yeah the, the announcement of it going to saladin ahmed yeah saladin ahmed's gonna yeah. take up he's gonna be starting there's gonna be a new miss marvel book uh and g willow wilson is officially after the 50th issue of the current run she's off she's going to move on to something else yeah which is heartbreaking but uh i, I literally could not think of a better person to take up that mantle 
Yeah, exactly. I think she, I mean, she went to him, I believe, I think is what, mm-hmm. he, what they've said. She is, picked him. She picked him. And I think that is like, if I was, if I was going to pick someone probably if among Marvel's current, uh, stack of the writing credit guys, I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, Ahmed is the right choice. He is, he is, he's, he's the person I think maybe the only person, honestly, that Marvel has right now who's capable of handling it. Yeah, it's a it is unfortunately a sad a sad case that um I, I've, they've and I think we're going to we're going to travel through that sad sad recent history that everything was so hopeful when the first Miss Marvel books came out and there was so much talent and everything got fucking thrown in the wood chipper and a lot of yeah, it, I mean, it, it seemed like it scared off a lot of the best talent. Well, there, I think they're, I don't know, Mar- 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 Marvel currently is, the current Marvel is complicated, because I think mm-hmm. they are, they're trying to rebuild, and I think they're, there's some headway there. I think there's some of their current writing, writing staff is very capable and very good at what yes. they're doing. Yes, But it's it's not really any of the writers that I'm really concerned about, honestly. It's more of the leadership of marvel that is really the, yeah. the like above the editor-in-chief i'm more con- like who i don't know and them not ever adhering to any promises they make about how they are going to publish their comics um but that's we can segue into that maybe later uh i mean i've read a, we've read a lot of this prior to this in in bits and starts um i've i have read all of the first that first 19 issues whatever it is first four volumes basically i've read all that prior to this um i've read some of the newer stuff not all of it i was i don't know delighted to revisit come back to it and read all again it's just it's it's just so affirming yeah the the miss marvel just is the best of what comics could be it's just so delightful and it just it it it's it feels good and welcoming i'm not gonna say that like every arc and everything in here is amazing but even to to go through some of the the awful events that marvel was going through and i feel like 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 wilson mines quite possibly the best possible story out of civil war yeah, I Civil War like this this these this this book runs right through um right through Civil War and it is I I think it is the I I think it is the only the I can't I don't want to say that it's like good that Civil War happened. Civil War 2 should be clear. Civil War 2 happened. Because I think Miss Marvel would be probably be better. All, almost all books that were had tie-ins mm-hmm. to it would be better off without it. Um, would be out, would be better off without any connected events because they ultimately don't add much to the book. All they just make it gives the writers a harder job. And I just I think it is a demonstration of uh, Wilson and her ability that she is able to maneuver through those things. She through the two secret wars. And through Civil War Two, and make a book and make those arcs still mean something to this character, and to the and to the surrounding casts, and make them and take make 
make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit, as they would say. Because that, that's what she does. She Civil War Two. I'm like, I was really dreading reading it. Yeah. Because I hate we we are on. It was not. It was not good. It was not worth reading. We gave it. We gave it the old college try and. Coming back to it, like there's definitely there's still those those shadows of like, yeah, this was garbage and it was it didn't feel good to read it. Um, but seriously, she did my she did manage to mine the right emotional content out of it. It didn't it didn't feel like garbage to read that those parts of Miss Marvel, but it did sort of make me look elsewhere and look sad because it, God, it it tanked so much so 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 much and i this book is one that manages to take relatively dark matter dark material and kind mm-hmm. of make it hopeful and optimistic and you know demonstrate true heroism and it's just you it's not and like the book itself uh which is volume six which is the one that is concerned with civil war two frankly it's so much better than actual civil war two like head head and shoulders better i think it's the only thing that is that is not completely dispensable from all of that i think all of it is completely forgettable no one should it is it is not this is this is worth reading not just worth reading but i think is actually valuable but i don't know but most of most of it is most of miss marvel is no it's all it, it is a. Uh... I, I don't know. I think we, you know, we are, you, you mentioned at the beginning, like we are hopeful, mm-hmm. you know, when Miss Marvel's first came out and it was like such a, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I think Marvel took the wrong lessons from Miss Marvel. I don't see, cause it's his, it has literally always been from its inception, one of their top sellers. That's what's weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, the thing is the people who are reading Miss Marvel, they buy trades. They don't, you know, they're not necessarily buying weekly issues. And that's the thing. Like everyone looks at weekly sales a lot. And you, I think you retweeted, uh, Wilson herself saying like, yeah, yeah half a million, half a million, tra- half a million trades, uh, Miss Marvel yeah. have sold, which is a lot. That's a lot of comics. For, for, for comic sales. That is impressive for, yeah, for trades. That's, that's very good. Um, and that's why Miss Marvel just continued and continued and continued because Marvel understood, oh, right, this is a different mar- – people read – the readers of this aren't necessarily going to be going into comic book stores. I mean some do, but no, most no, don't. No, no, probably you have to understand like new people that want your product, you don't want their money. If they want to buy it and interface with it in a different way, you tell them that their diversity is ruining the world – and you tell them to fuck off and die. And then you're like, oh, wait, turns out we actually like money and we're stupid. <laughs> and then you walk it back and then you're like, I meant to do that. I mean, I, I, cause it's been, it's been five years. We've had five years of Miss Marvel. And in those five years, we've seen a, a, a wide range of, you know, quote unquote, a diverse new characters or at least a, a attempt. It's certain, and certain of that, some of them have been successful and some have not. Uh, also, in those five years, the attempt to make the Inhumans a thing, a, a thing like the X Men are a thing, that has failed. Yeah. Except Miss Marvel's the only, really, the exception that proves the rule, honestly. And she's barely inhuman. 
Sure, she's an inhuman, but her story has nothing to do with the weird alien inhuman stories. Um, which again, I think Marvel took the wrong lesson from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they that that's I think they they saw the success of Miss Marvel. They didn't understand why Miss Miss Marvel was such a success. Uh, and what like not just successful as in like selling books, but I mean successful as in why is it good? Yeah, I think that in general, um, it it does seem like people in um, they often miss these things. You know, they they feel I, I don't know. It's like you 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 watch. Michael Eisner try and or uh, uh, people talk about Michael Eisner trying to strategize Disney in the 90s and he's like well this doesn't work and this doesn't work and he was just wrong constantly they, uh, people try and follow trends instead of like let's just make stuff that speaks to people like I, I, I guess that that is a squishy and inarticulate way and they're largely business people trying to do business. So mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to look at it through like, OK, well, this had sandals in it and a person with blue hair. So let's make three things with sandals and blue hair. Obviously, it'll work. Wait, why are you? Why is my company on fire? And like I, I think I mean that there have been I don't know, like it has nothing to do with Miss Marvel isn't good because it's she's. Muslim or something, or mm-hmm. or she's a uh, she's Pakistani. It's not good because it is not for that reason. It is good because Wilson's voice naturally propels that character to into being something incredibly relatable and yeah. incredibly uh, uh, affirming. Like I said, incredibly charming, and that's why Miss Marvel is so good. It is not. Because it's something, I mean, having a, a different perspective is valuable, but it's not j- just, oh, the character. We made a Muslim character, so it's good. No, it's good because Wilson gave that character a real voice that's heartfelt. And, I mean, I've said this before, I'll say it again, Kamala is the best new comic book, best new superhero character since Peter Parker. Without even a small doubt, she is number one in my heart. And it's and like you you said it earlier when we were talking about Miles Morales, like she's she, that a young, a teenager going mm-hmm. through that same those like incredibly relatable problems. Like she she shares a lot of character traits with things that I what I think of from Peter Parker. I think of oh yeah, they're you know lower middle class, uh you know tumultuous family life struggling in class because of being pulled in too many directions uh problem dealing with romance but on top of that kamala also has this incredibly interesting cultural mm-hmm. kind of cultural newcomer kind of struggle where you know she's in First generation American yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. Which Peter Parker does not have in any aspect. Mm-hmm. He is just a he's you know the, the poor white kid, and the fact that she has this the family that is pulling her back towards their their old traditions, their old customs, and yet she is American and she is she loves like that's the thing they they root her in her love of superheroes. 
her love of of Mar- of the Avengers and of of Captain Marvel. And like that's the thing that starts her. She's like, "Oh, I love Captain Marvel." And like her first sh- when she shapeshifts for the first time, doesn't can't control it. She becomes Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel to be she she has the 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 politically incorrect costume as she says. So and in this case, I don't know, we how many comics have we read where they try and make the character like a nerd, mm. and you're like, "What are you doing? What are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> they uh, they 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 pull a Bing Bong theory on us? Yes, exactly, Bazinga! And you're like, "Oh God, no, Bazingers! No, mm-hmm. no, you don't. This is not you're you're. This is incredibly inauthentic. You're. This is yeah. This is I I I I I." can tell a nerd my good sir Mm -hmm. and you are no nerd oh my god gee willow wilson is the biggest fucking nerd she like really really like that that is the thing that it it really does feel like every bit of it 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 is so authentic that it all comes out of gee willow wilson and her editor sana and her collaboration probably primarily with adrian it just i don't know these first issues in particular are fucking magic they almighty they immediately yeah give the book a a a distinctive voice and personality and like i don't want to discount the art and especially adrian alfana who i think is my of the artist my favorite um that's that's a that's tough because I, I think the, 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 the Takashi Miyazawa work in here is the best of his career, and I adore what he does. But there's there's really no one in it that's like, this person's garbage. It's no, all it's all good. Very well very well curated. Yeah, and even very enjoyable. Even the you know, there's occasional fill in issues here and there by guest artists mm-hmm. and they're still solid. There's yeah. never there's never a point where I go this feels rushed or bad i mean i always obviously i think we've been on the um, we're long on the record i i would wish that they would stick to a single artist but they do manage to keep it relatively to like arcs story arcs if they're gonna have artists they usually fill in for a two or three issue arc and then Mm -hmm. it's back to a normal the regular team but i think alfana like i like it the most most because it I, i i don't know because i do is i affiliate those two things together i feel like that's what Miss Marvel is. And because I think he he sets the tone, his style sets the tone for this book because this book is silly mm. and fun. And like they're, they do at times cover relatively serious things, but it, it, it I think it does the best of what comics can do in that, mm-hmm. you know, we were taught, we were spent, you know, 10 minutes haranguing, uh, the Batman who laughs for being so self-serious and being so like, uh, and yet this book is silly and I care so much more yeah. about Kamala. I don't, even, I don't, I don't know that the book, it has a lot of moments of silliness. Um, like I think the whole world is kind of silly early on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the side characters are kind of silly. Like, I think that Kamala is just, she's a dork. She's goofy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's humanizing, and we fucking love her for that. Um, there is a lot of 
I don't know, just kind of not taking things too serious while everything is really, really, really heavy. And it, I don't know, I think that is, I think that's what we're all doing. So I think maybe that just, that resonates with all of us. Yes. We have, to find, we have to find happiness and and enjoy ourselves and be silly about things because shit's just too serious and heavy otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I... I laughed out loud. I la- this book makes you laugh multiple times. It, I, it's I, really no. It it's funny and action packed and heartfelt. The 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 army of Kamala clones. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. She's she's fucking. <laughs> then, so they're, silly. Uh, then they're in the wedding. The little they're, the parents are meeting for the first time, and she melts. The clone melts in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> she drank tea, and it killed her. It's like a gremlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get wet. They melt. I don't know why I'm laughing at you laughing at it. I like how they never learn Loki's name. He has a name. <laughs> He's uh he's hipster Viking guy. <laughs> hipster Viking. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's I I I I think that's the 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 levity is important. I think that's mm-hmm. the all, the best uh, the best superhero comics are never serious all the time. Yeah, they they, they you, you can't. Grim gr- Grim Dark is dead. Grim Dark should be over. It's Grim Dark. It's dead in my heart, at least. Well, it'll still always be there, and it's, I don't know, it's okay for there to be staked, it's okay for stories to be stressful, mm-hmm. you know, for people to have to deal with heavy things, like, it, it, it's a very bland story that's just people going from being happy to being happy, or even just, like, sitting around cracking jokes, like, fucking uh, questionable content that I had to fall off reading that because uh, it was like two years of people just like nothing happening. Words, <laughs> words, words, joke. Yeah, and then it's over. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I think Jeff Jocks is doing just fine with his millions of dollars from Patreon or whatever he gets every, I, every month. I, I'm gonna say I don't. No one he can cry all the way to the bank. I'm sure. Um, but no, fuck him for making money off of a well curated audience that he's worked on for years. Yeah, I, I'm not a hater. What? <laughs> The, this book is, and I think that's a. It is, it 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 wisely dials up the conflicts. Mm-hmm. Like it it starts off very kind of low, relatively low stakes. As it, you know, we start with this very simple, like the inventor is the their her first supervillain, and it's he's not he's like you know he's like a bird man, and he has like robot guys, and he's in, he's. He is capturing young people and using them as batteries. Mm-hmm. But it's still like it's just it's a Jersey City problem. And I think that's it. Every conflict, regardless of how serious they are, it comes back around to Kamala and her neighborhood and her city. And mm-hmm. it's, it's never it never is. Oh, she is going to go fight the world. It is always yeah. like. The 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 st- the corner store is being driven out of business. Why? It, it's all it's fundamentally so much more interesting, you know, when the story's smaller, when 
when it's about a teenager, when it's about a, a, a community, when it's about a group of friends, like you can inject so much more character and just make people care about it so much more that like, you know, how, how am I going to relate to fucking Tony Stark fighting God, a billionaire fighting a dude in space? The Marvel movies seem to be able to do it. You know, they can set stakes and they're tremendously charismatic actors making me care about what's going on. And the, the, I mean, certainly the writing's good, but like on the pages of this, like I, I don't know that I need to read another big thing. Like I don't, I, I, I think it was fun to read. Um, what was this? What was, um, what was the space? What was Mass Effect Marvel? What was that called? Infinity. Yeah. It was fun to read that, you know, but only in a big, dumb, like popcorn sort of way. And they keep they keep trying to do that. I mean, I, I think it doesn't do it. No, the, the I mean, I, I Miss Marvel is grounded and a street level hero, which is, you know, mm-hmm. that's again. Peter Parker, Spider-Man for so, so long. That's what he was. Now they've then, I don't know. We got to, they keep doing Spider-Verse events and I just keep rolling my eyes. But um, youth, everything, like it's not just that Miss Marvel and Kamala is young as a teenager. All the, the, almost every book, every story, every arc in the book centers around that it centers around youth it centers around young what the struggles of young people it is not you know is about what about generational divides and about how how do i you know at the, it's the near the end there where um the 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 inventor's lackey guy i forget what his what he i forget what he calls himself um, the the, after... the little little weirdo guy yeah. with the glasses. <laughs> yeah, the little weirdo guy, mole man. Yeah, he's a little weirdo guy. Little yeah. Mole man, Hans uh, Molman. Hans Mole man. When he starts going after the old people, I don't know. That's that's it's it's really I don't know. It it feels like that captures a lot of youth culture. And when mm-hmm. it's he's like, well, don't you hate these people? Look what they've done to your world. You have to clean up their problems. And then you know, I forget who says it. Uh, they're like, yeah, I know. My seven-year-old grandpa complains about young people all the time, and yet they're the ones who cause all these problems. But it doesn't mean I stop loving him or I start going. You know the, you know the solution to this. We just kill them. We like, no, that's not a, that's not an answer. That's not a good answer. And the, you know, the, the fact, you know, they, they, they have arcs about uh, uh, gentrification and arcs about, you know, people manipulating and politics which my god couldn't be more topical uh it doesn't matter like they they have the the good person gets elected but it doesn't end up you know there's a whole arc about them having to fight around the fact that people just manipulate their ways insinuate themselves into acts in places of government and control Mm -hmm. and that's that's another like it it is a lot of kamala learning about power and control and how she is often going to have to not the, I think that's the other thing I take from the civil war too, is that she faces her idol in that. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a great drama. 
and absolutely fantastic and says things that are smarter than anything that ever got said in the main book yes god she's like yeah you, you can't use predictive uh justice that doesn't really it it's self-defeating it's you know circle 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 logic circular logic you can't it doesn't make any sense which is like I was saying that before issue one of Civil War Two. I'm like, this mm-hmm. the, you can't. There's no. There's no argument here. This is a solved problem. There doesn't. Yeah. There doesn't need. You don't need to have a like a a a war about this because there's nothing to war over. Any person with a semblance of intelligence can understand that this isn't. And that's what ha- like you can discount. Like I can discount Kamala going with like there's Wilson like cleverly gives her very good reasons why she at first agrees with carol why she when she's young she's a teenager and carol is her hero and all it takes is kamala seeing oh this is bad i don't uh, then going oh we shouldn't do this there we don't have to fight i'm just i'm gonna say no this is bad i don't know how you can think this is okay that's like it's, it's, it's because g willow wilson is a better writer than brian michael bendis she's She's about as good as it gets. And I don't know when you, I, I think it there fundamentally that I don't think a lot of superhero comics understands. You can write teenage characters as being a little bit more misguided than you can adult characters. And I, when I see adult characters do incredibly dumb things for apparently no reason, I'm going to be less forgiving than if a 16 year old goes and does mm. something bad because 16 year olds aren't always doing the the best thing because they're 16 and they don't they haven't learned things they don't know who to trust a lot of the time because they don't they can't trust themselves that's a good observation i i honestly i i think this book also it also handles the teenage melodrama really well like mm-hmm. the the relationship stuff between her and all the all their the web of friends which again the supporting cast great i love all of them mhm just so like and the, and it's and it does it the right way. Like it introduces the family at first, and that's all we really deal with. And then they s- slowly add in people here, 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 here. Well, they each cleverly have their own interactions with Kamala and Miss Marvel, and they you get like this little super team going on where they all become Miss Marvel for a bit. <laughs> that's the other thing I would I I, I use the word silly because um why well, can't they rename the blonde girl um. I can't think of it either. She almost gets she gets crushed in that last arc. Made no sense. <laughs> yeah, apparently, but, apparently, G. Willow Wilson thinks CrossFit makes you fucking invincible. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you it does not. I have you seen Seth Rollins? Um, I, yes, I guess he just cross, he is CrossFit. He's in very good shape. That he's, means he's also a fucking like professional athlete. You're saying a teenage girl can't match that uh, that level of athleticism and, and avoid being crushed by a gigantic I mechanical mean, monster? There, there are probably many tremendously athletic teenage girls. Like I'm, I'm going to say that is a period of your uh, your life where your body is going to function at near peak performance. So, but and you, it's, it's a it's a good time to train for sure. But a giant person stepping on you, it doesn't matter how many fucking like snatches you do, you're still going to 
you're still going to get hurt when a giant steps on you. She was fine. I, I mean, I, it's not the kind of story that needs that sacrifice right no. there. No, I so don't... it's fine that it's played off as a joke. I just think it's funny because she keeps using CrossFit as a punchline, and 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 I, I don't know any of the any of the people that I know. They, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a thing. You know, people start a gym and pay a lot of money to license the name and then train however the fuck they want. I can, there's a, across the gym that's five minute walk away from me. That is, <laughs> that is too much work. That is a, that exact, I don't know, I'd probably just injure myself if I tried to do CrossFit. Um, it's, it, 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 th- there are better ways to get your gymming done. Thank you very much. I, people like it because it's communal mm-hmm. and it is, you have a coach, which is a good thing. As I personally as... think that CrossFit people are too crazy, and I don't think that I need to, like, work out till I puke every time. Join That's it. not the join person it. I want to be. You don't want to join a new cult? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, I think that's a, th- there's a fine line in this book between kind of superhero action versus, like, they th- there's there seems to be, like, a subtle point of, like, at a certain point, things can be serious, and then at a certain point... When you're fighting, when you're fighting giant mechanical turtles, they kind of it, it, it discounts a lot of the crazy violence. I think whenever it concerns, like I think as soon as you put on a costume, you kind of they, everyone becomes invulnerable. Yeah, but an, a normal person, non-costume person, is very vulnerable. Like we see with Bruno, mm-hmm. and he gets blown up, goes to Wakanda, Mister Yankee Doodle himself. It's not a good nickname. <laughs> I could I could see how a non-American person would think that's funny. I thought it was funny because it's bad. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I I also appreciate it on that level. I like how the alt right is in this. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I also love the fucking like the Takashi Miyazawa. Um, oh, why can't I remember two Japanese names at once? Um, your white person brain can't help it. It's not your fault. It, it really is terrible. I'm usually very good at it. It's the Takashi Miyazawa doing uh, Katsuya Terada in this uh, this MMO series. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's so just absolutely beautiful. I really would take him, his work here. It's better than anything else he's ever done. And I've, I, I, like, I appreciate the stuff he does with Greg Pak, but it's not as good as this. And I would take, I would, and I love Adrian Alfona, and this is, for me at least, miles better. I just love it that much. Can we get an entire series that's just the story of Kamala's family, like, back through generations? They're really, like, everything about them is just so heartfelt and compelling. It feels so good. Because that's like, I was... Really, I'm like, I, no, I, I, they kept cutting back to the modern day. I'm like, I want stay there. I want to see them to mm-hmm. go through this journey. Just show this. Give me this. I don't need, I don't need superheroes. <laughs> Just have them. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see them going into pa- Pakistan for the first time. I want to see them coming to the, America. Right, and that's the thing that's one of the main reasons that this works is like that's a fundamentally American story, and it's the kind of stories that used to be a part of our mythology except it was about fucking romanian people or or hungarian people 
or Irish people. And I don't know, like it, it always is a generational thing and people get like confused by it and they have trouble accepting who the new folks are. As long as, just, as long as there have been people like after the first, you know, the, the colon, the first English colony colonists and the Spanish colonists and French colonists after that, every single new group of people that have come over, they've said, no, you are not you, not you. Yep. Everyone, everyone likes to get here and then turn around and, and say something about the, the next guy. The door, once the door you you came in through, you glue it shut. You mm-hmm. you barricade it. Everyone just, I don't know. Everyone's scared that someone else is going to get something over on them or scarcity mentality shit. Mm-hmm. I, it's I, not, it's not, it's decidedly not great. No. And I think that's another, like, it's just another aspect of this character. Another aspect that Wilson handles deftly. With, you know, immigrant story and first generation American and weaving that in to a superhero story. Because, like, that is, that is, like, for superheroes, like, Superman was created by Jews. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, it's, it's a fundamentally, like, it, it, the, the story of it, of, of, of superheroes is a story of immigrants. Like, Superman is an immigrant. That's not an accident. <laughs> that was designed on purpose. And Wilson and her the collaborators all kind of hone in on that and understand mm-hmm. understand it fundamentally. They don't it's not just like an, an added like, oh, another bell or whistle. It is a fundamental part of Kamala yeah. and a, a fundamental part of how she thinks because of her family and the way that it normalizes all of that and makes us care about it and makes it a part of not just like oh that's it is never point does like there's so many people that go hey forced diversity i'm like well it's not it doesn't feel yeah it's not forced at all it is it feels like breathing yeah it's uh it it's pretty foundational and it no it works really really well and like this is the this this run i I don't know. I think I don't know why Wilson's leaving the book. She hasn't come out and said it's very a specific reason. Uh, I mean, she would. She is probably wise to never say it ever. Yes. Um. But it probably has. I mean, this has been clearly a project of love for her. She has probably built enough of her reputation on doing this book. And I mean, I would imagine and hope that she's going to go the deconic fraction route and start writing things that she can be paid more for. Um, I mean, I would personally love to have precious Kamala Khan written by G. Willow Wilson forever. Um, But like, I think people that are talented, like they need to get their talents out there. And they need to be artists need to be paid for making good art. Like, I I don't know. She deserves more. I I wish so much success on these people. Yeah. So I I I think this book will go down as one of the best runs of all time. Yeah. God. No argument from me. 
with the best best runs from any creator on any superhero comic. Certainly, this is or, or this, nothing. This is the if someone asks me, I never read Marvel comics before. Where do I start? I say, go read Miss Marvel. This is this is literally the perfect the perfect modern entry point. Let's read this There's and nothing better. Go go branch out from this. You know, after you yeah. after you feel go read this, then you can go anywhere. But this is she is she's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like. I don't know. I can't. Precious Kamala. Precious. I don't know. Anything else you want to add, Eric? No. We've uh, we've been around the bend on this one. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, so that's. I'm glad we managed to say something other than it's good. It's good because it. Well, I mean, it's it's very easy to fall back into. Hey, it's very mm-hmm. good. Um, that's Miss Marvel volumes one through nine. Um, you, if you haven't read all of it, you should, and you should make everyone else you know also read all of it should do that uh we don't have a book for next time in two weeks because we are going to be giving out some awards mm-hmm. year and it is time for the handsome boys fifth annual sixth annual whatever handies awards where we give out comics give out awards to the best in comics from the year of 2018 uh also probably some stinker awards as well we have a few of those generally we have our we have our Oscars and our Razzies all in one show. Mm-hmm. Seems like we just did this. I don't know how. What is, what is time? It is kind of ridiculous. The uh, how fast like every day, every day feels like a hundred years, and yet ninety seven years go by in an, in an eye blank. But that'll be in our, our next episode uh, at the end of the year. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be having our, our award ceremony. Hope you guys listen along and use it as a clean up your, your reading list for the year. Get everything out there. I think that'll do it for us today. We are the Hands of Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsofboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there. Facebook.com slash Hour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsofboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, give it a good review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Give it five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Word of the mouth is incredibly valuable. One person you tell to go listen to our podcast is one more person we had prior. So we appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Uh, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and currently revamping ericzgoodnight.com. Uh, but shortly it will include all of my information and socials, including my Twitter and Instagram, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. With that, folks, we will call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll.